This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Lynn Group. Looks like it's a solo flight today. No Tana. Tana is actually a traveling here to California. She will be in the office for the next couple of weeks. So if anybody would like to see Tana in person, man, just call the office. Come by. Let's schedule a meeting. Let's get together. Let's figure some stuff out. So anyways, I wanted to touch base. Obviously, the news is just full of stuff, right? But so much is overwhelmingly about the debt ceiling and the chaos that is ensuing from Mr. Debt Ceiling at the moment. Um, it's interesting because it's kind of the, the holding the bull by the, the ring here at the moment. It's leading the stock market. It goes up one day when they think the debt ceiling is resolved. It goes down the next day when it's not. It is political chaos. The president says the Republicans are causing a recession. The Republicans say the president's causing a recession. It is chaos, chaos, chaos. So what's going on? Why is this debt ceiling suddenly so chaotic and so overwhelming? Guess what? This is nothing new. We deal with this all of the time. Um, I'll go through a little bit of a history lesson. But in simplicity, basically, our our spending is outstripping our revenue, right? Um I mean, heck, the, the U.S. government just finished the first half of their fiscal year, and they're $1.1 trillion over in just six months. That's not a whole year deficit. That's, a, that's only six months. That's an act of insanity. And so what happened here in the beginning of the year? We once again hit the debt limit. It was $31.4 trillion. Congress has to go through a little debate, settling up with the president to get it extended. They do some kind of wild math to extend things. And so at the moment, they say that sometime in June is when we'll hit the deadline again. There's a lot of fear mongering going on. People saying the U.S. is defaulting on debt and you're not going to get your Social Security checks. And this is chaos, chaos, chaos. For clarity, in the hundreds of years this has been going on, it seems like, U.S. has never defaulted on its debt. So for this to suddenly mysteriously be the first time is probably a bit of an exaggeration. Um, but it's kind of the reality. Let me see how I fast forward these slides. Here we go. So basically what we have is out of the debt, we have a bunch of spending issues, right? We bring in a boatload of money. We are bringing in more tax revenue than we've ever collected before. That's phenomenal. The problem is our country keeps spending more and more and more. And at the moment, when we look at our debts, we can see from the chart here, 63% of it is mandatory spending. That's all that big ticket item stuff. Unemployment, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security are the core things of where we just have to spend money. We don't have a choice. 30% is discretionary spending. You can see here in the bubbles, the largest piece of that, which is about 750 or maybe $800 billion, is defense military spending. And then at the moment, we spend about 6% of our tax revenue on interest. So that's kind of where all the money goes. Um, obviously, we spend more. Um, the issue that we have is as interest rates go up, as we refinance the debt that we have, what will that interest increase as a percentage of our GDP? So there's some messy things going on there that we need to be considerate of. 
Um, where is the debt held? So this is interesting. You know, out of that $32 trillion, basically, about $7 trillion is owned by the government. It's all like internal bookkeeping. I owe this much to Social Security and they owe me that much and all this kind of chaos. And so only 80% of the debt, about $24, $25 trillion, is actually owned by the U.S. public. Now, one of the things that we hear about constantly, and that's why I thought it was important to put this slide together, is we hear constantly like, what happens with China? China owns all of our debt. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? China's going to call the notes due and we're all going to be out of business. Well, I listed it on here. You know, China only holds $860 billion of our debt. It's only two and a half percent of our debt. Does that stink? Absolutely. Are we worried about them pulling some card and saying, hey, you know, you got to pay it all? That's not a fundamental game change for our economy. They can't turn the U.S. off over that amount of money at this point. So a lot of that fear mongering we hear about China owning the U.S. and owning all the debt and things like that. It's actually a much smaller number than many people realize. All right. What's next here? My little slides. This is is just fascinating to me. Since 1960, we have dealt with debt ceiling limit increases with Congress and fights and debates and politics 78 times. When you watch the news right now, it implies like this is the first time this has ever happened, that this is all news. It's all shocking. No, no. We, we do this all the time. And, and another slide, I'll show you some time periods. What's interesting about this chart is it shows the debt ceiling. It shows how the debt continually increases. It doesn't matter which political party is in power. Everybody is guilty in spending too much money and getting too far out of control with our spending. And, you know, what's tough about it is that's what we're, we're, we're constantly debating. Like when you look at the, the current thing that's going on in the news right now, what is happening? McCarthy and the Republicans in the House are trying to take the world's smallest micro step, like like not even a step, maybe just a thought of trying to make us just barely fiscally conscious with our money, you know. And then and then the other side of the column, you know, the president, all those people are saying, "Heck no!" I mean, it wasn't but last week that Janet Yellen was on the news and she was saying they need to increase the debt ceiling without any precautions or preconditions, without any rules. We should just increase it. If your kid came to you and said, hey, mom and dad, I've got a hundred grand on my credit cards. Um, I was hoping to raise the limit to 150,000 just, you know, so I have more wiggle room. Maybe you as a parent would say, okay, well, maybe we should talk about what your spending habits are. Why do you have so much on credit cards? And the response is, no, 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 no. We're not gonna talk about anything responsible here. Let's just keep the party going. And, and we'll be okay. Furthermore, what's been really interesting in the political divide over this is the, suddenly the rhetoric of the way the word recession is being used. The president and Janet Yellen have both said that if the debt ceiling does not increase, the Republicans will cause a recession. Now it's funny. I follow investment news. Heck, I'm sitting here with CNBC on my TV over here on my right shoulder at the moment. I follow the earnings calls, all the earnings of companies. For the last year, the word recession is everywhere. Everybody's been talking about a recession for a thousand different reasons that have nothing to do with the debt ceiling. So to suddenly say that, oh, 
there was no recessionary pressure. The GDP is not declining. The retail industry is not falling apart. There's no recession anywhere. The only reason a recession would exist is if those pesky Republicans don't raise the debt ceiling without preconditions is, is a, quite a misleading statement at the moment. But like you can see from this chart, I don't care if you're Democrat. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care what color blue, green, yellow elephant donkey you are. The reality is we are all guilty of spending too much money in this country, excessively out of control, without limitations, constantly hitting the credit card limit, constantly going back to mommy and daddy for more money. And, you know, the moment that we get a little bit of fiscal responsibility, it cannot come soon enough. Like I said, we're only halfway through the government's fiscal year and they're already $1.1 trillion over. I mean, you estimate that to be a $2.2 trillion deficit then for their calendar year? That, that's shocking. So the government starts getting into what they call extra extraordinary measures. And so they can start doing things. They can stop putting money in government-funded pensions. Um, they can prioritize paying the debts and the bonds. Remember, the government has never defaulted on their debt. So they can prioritize that. Uh, one of the things that they we've been you hear on the news that freaks everybody out is this idea that um, social security, you know, the payments will stop. And that's a confusing one because you say, well, wait a second, people are doing payroll taxes directly to social security every single month. Why wouldn't that money be going into the social security coffers and being able to make all those social security payments? How is this a problem? Well, the way that it works is the government has a, a main bank account trash can that's called like the general fund. And all the money goes in there. And then later they prioritize it. And so they say, oh, we got all this money. Maybe we should put some in our social security account or put it over in that account or ah, wherever they're going to put it. And so, you know, a lot of it goes back to the theme of maybe the government needs to be more efficient with how they account for these different sources of income and what those things should be put towards. If social security taxes coming in, maybe it should go into the social security coffers so you can pay your social security bills. Uh, here's the fancy chart, though, that kind of shows a couple of years. Remember, based on the news, we've never had this conversation before. And this is the first time ever. And this is all awe shocking. Well, good golly on the right side. I know this is small and hard to see, but good golly in 2021. Oh, here we are dealing with debt limit issues of 2021. August 2nd, extra, extraordinary measures put in place by U.S. Treasury. October 5th, the peak stress date of the debt limit. December 16th, debt limit suspended by Biden signs a law. And in that time period, the stock market dropped 5%, basically. Here's, oh, 2019. What? I, I thought this was the first time this had ever happened. But here, 2019, uh, May 23rd, Treasury X date, you know, late summer that we're going to hit the debt limit. Same thing happened in July 12th, August 2nd, debt limit suspended. You had the stock market drop. 6.8% and 6.1% based on a couple of different market cycles associated with that. So you get some downward pressure in the market traditionally as they fight through the debt limit. I mean, heck, you can remember when Trump was president and there was like a month or six weeks or something where you couldn't go visit the Statue of Liberty because the country was quote unquote shut down. Um, this is a constant thing that the politics really needs to get out of the way and they need to just handle the business of sorting this stuff out for us, the citizens who even gave them the tax money to be goofing around with. So, you know, what are some of the consequences? 
obviously, you know, you can't go to the national parks. You can't go see uh, the Statue of Liberty. There's this huge rhetoric out there. I fielded so many phone calls in the last probably 10 days about what happens if my social security gets turned off. I, I feel that that's a, a fear mongering thing out there at the moment, but I guess we live in a, in a world and a time these days where we can't be surprised about anything. Um, interest rates will go higher if the treasury has to sell bonds, things like that. Uh, credit rating downgrade if the, if the U.S. defaults on its debt. That's bad globally. This is all things that are weakening the dollar, which is not good for Mr. United States. And But let me reiterate, the best point ever is we have never defaulted on our debt before, and we've done this almost 80 other times. So I feel kind of like the, the middle bullet point here. This is such a political partisan drama tool. Everybody wants to make a scene. Everybody wants to point a finger. Honestly, the most hilarious thing I saw a week was uh, President Biden said, those Republicans are going to cause a recession if they don't raise the debt ceiling. And McCarthy said, what are you talking about? We raised the debt ceiling. We passed a bill to raise it. You're the one that won't sign the bill. So uh, this is just chaos ensuing. Um, the reality is what, like I said, what McCarthy's trying to do is about as pathetic, weak, and small as we could do to take one shallow, basic, simple step step towards a micro amount of fiscal responsibility in a country. But who wants that, right? That, that, that's not fun. So anyways, it's fun when Tana's on these things. I don't sound like such a raving lunatic. But hey, I appreciate all the watchers, the viewers, the listeners. Um, like I said, Tana's going to be in town, so we'll have her back on here next week. Uh, if you have any questions, certainly call the office, 805-500-7035. This debt ceiling thing, me personally, I'm not looking at it as a true market cycle event where we're trying to change investment strategy or anything like that. You know, this is pretty run of the mill of what's going on. The reality is the debt ceiling will get increased. It'll be business as usual. The government will spend too much money and that will be the end of it. So appreciate all my listeners and um, everyone have a great week. And let me play a little outro. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.